Hey everybody, we are back. It is I, Jesse Drew. It is my brother, Jeffrey Watson Esquire the Third. How you doing, Jeff? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm happy. I'm always happy whenever we record. So right. the answer will always be, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy. How you doing? I'm happy. <laughs> um, today we are, I'm super psyched because we're talking about the 2020 film, The Hunt, uh, the Blumhouse uh, movie that, I mean, this kind of, what, this kind of like, am I right that this kind of uh, was released right when like COVID started seriously affecting everything? Yeah, this like, was at the height of the COVID thing. And this was one of the first films that was like, okay, well, how do we, what do we do with this? You know, do we release it in theaters or, you know, so yeah, this was kind of that first, that first film that, that did that. So, so yeah. Yeah, totally. The whole, what are we, what are we doing? Are we closing theaters? Wait, do we want to, how are we going to make movie like money off of this movie? And, um, but I, I, what I do remember was a lot of hype around it. I remember people were kind of like, taken in by the novelty of the movie. I think movies like this kind of come out maybe like every decade and then capture people's attention and their, because of the novelty of hunting humans for sport. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong in that. I'm not citing, you know, David Thompson's, you know, encyclopedia of film. I'm just from, you know, riffing off the top of my head and in my gut. Um, I know a little bit about movies, so. There's that. Um, maybe I should call myself Dr. Jesse Drew. You know, like people on like on shows, they like they just they'll give themselves the doctor title even though they don't have a doctor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'm gonna aim for being a doctor of movies, even if it's a phony one. You know, well, let's I mean, have some fun with this. You've made me, you know, Jeff Watson Esquire. So why? <laughs> Maybe a lawyer from a movie lawyer and a movie doctor, right? And then you know, our families will be happy and proud. <laughs> Maybe they'll be more proud of us than they are in real life. <laughs> okay. Um, so the hunt um has a really fun cast. Um, a lot of character actors that you will definitely recognize on you know, on site, but maybe not their names, but I'm going to go ahead and, and list um, Ike Barinholds, who I think is super funny, um, is in it. Ethan Suple or Suple, I'm not sure. Emma Roberts, um, Amy Madigan, um, doing a wonderful job in this movie. I love her. Um, a cameo, a very short uh, you know, on screen by our friend, Jeff Macon Blair. That's right. That's uh, right. Was, you know, two movies ago, we did, we covered Blue Ruin. He was the, you know, star of the movie. And now he's back in this week's review of The Hunt. He has a really small role, but really great death, on screen death, which we'll get to. And of course, Betty Gilpin as the lead as Crystal Creasy. I'm sorry. And one more, uh, the, the, the big, the heavy hitter, Hillary Swank, who yeah. we don't even get to see her face until the last act of the movie, which I thought was there. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a good touch. I don't know why. I don't know why it had to be that way, but I thought it was fantastic that they did that. Absolutely. So basically this movie is, um, it's sort of lambasting. Ultimately, what it's doing is it's making fun of this huge division in our country between the people on the right politically and the people on the left politically. And it's calling out a lot of stereotypes. Um, and it's not making any bones about which side it feels should come out on top. So, um, yeah, so we have a group of what they call deplorables, um, and they are the hunted. 
there's 12 of them, I think, uh, to start. Um, and then there's a group of, um, and they're the people on the right will say, you know, they don't, they don't know what their common, like their common denominator is or their common quality is. And we, you know, we don't technically find out till the end, but we do know that there is some sort of a obvious divide. Um, and then the hunters are this group of very wealthy white, except for one person who is um, a person of color. Sorry, I am having technical difficulties right now. All right, I'm back. Sorry, technical difficulties there. Um, might happen because my headphones are giving me a lot of problems. So I'll make this super quick then. So um, before the headphones give out again, this group of people being hunted, another group that's hunting, um, and we cut down to, uh, from 12, we go down to two very quickly in the movie, which is great. Um, we only get to see the hunters, like in, in all their, you know, hunting glory, really towards the end of the second act, I would say. Um, and so that, I thought that was also great, you know, not too much thrown at you all at once and focusing on the kills right away. You're getting kills, you're getting blood, you're getting, uh, you know, heads, you know, exploding from, you know, buckshots and people falling onto spikes like that pierce their bodies and decapitated and bombs going off. I mean, it's just amazing, Jeff. I mean, I, I want to thank Jeff so much for <laughs> suggesting this movie. I had forgotten all about it. Um, and when I, I must admit, when I saw the commercials, you know, last year, early last year, I was like, meh, looks pretty, look, looks like it could be good, but I'm not going to worry myself about it right now because of what, what we're all going through. I'm not going to worry about how I'm going to get to see it. And that was before, like you said before, we kind of went to streaming a lot of things and having them co-occurring in theaters that are open. So, um, the beginning is amazing. I feel like one of the best beginnings, you get the point of view of one of the characters, Emma Roberts's character, who is this blonde, thin, young, very pretty, velvet, you know, matching sweatsuit thing going on. And she's got like a, not a ball gag in her mouth, but like, like the ball gag without the ball. Like it's just like a bar. And she's wondering what the hell's going on. And then she looks around and sees other people who are also have the same thing. There's locks on the back of their uh, necks so that they can't undo these gags. You say, we're, we're following, we're following her. And you're thinking, cool. Like this is who we're following. This is the, maybe the main character. Um, we'll see what action ensues. Her head gets blown off really quickly. <laughs> And yeah. then the guy that's helping her, we kind of go to him next, like, oh, okay. So it wasn't really her good fake out. Uh, then we're following this guy that was with her that was helping her out. Another girl gets killed right away. Then he gets blown up. I mean, it's just one after the other. And I was texting with you, Jeff, if you remember. And I'm like, wait a minute. I love this. But, like, is this a joke? Like, how long is this movie? 15 minutes? Because everyone's dying. We get a bunch more kills and like really early. Then yeah. there's a small group of people who manage to escape the compound. This is just like a field. So they don't like know where they are. It's just a big wide open field with a big wooden box comes out. A pig runs out of the box. And then this whole cache of weapons comes flying out. The girl has the keys for the locks. They all unlock their mouth gags and they're all, you know, grabbing at weapons and trying to run for their lives and defend themselves. And they just keep dying. And like out of the 12, I mean, six must have died right away. So I'm, I'm thinking, honestly, Jeff, I legitimately thought that this was a, a joke movie that like, maybe it really would be like 15 minutes and ha ha, like the jokes on you, but <clears throat> it wasn't a, a group of them escape. The first act is a group of them escape. They get off the compound they run into this um, convenience store. It's called Ma and Pa's convenience store. 
they don't make it out alive. They all get killed. Ma and Pa are in on this. <clears throat> and then in walks, um, what's her name? Betty Gilpin? Yep. Uh, she walks in. Her name is Crystal. So I'll just, I'll recommend, remember her by Crystal. Um, Crystal walks in by herself. She's one of the hunted. And she is very wily. She's smart. She's got her eyes open. But like, you know, not knowing, not showing that she's being like taking in everything, but she is clocking everything in that convenience store, casing it to see if she's in a safe area or if not. And she determines that she's not. So she shoots and kills both of the owners. Turns out they were both bad guys. And, you know, sees all the dead people in the back because everyone that made it that far died on the first run. <clears throat> hooks up with an, another guy who managed to get as far as, you know, the convenience store. And they make a break for it to the train tracks where they hop a train and then are confronted with a group of refugees, you know, and they look like they could be like, like Middle Eastern refugees. And the guy is convinced all of a sudden the guy goes from being very scared and very like, I'm following you crystal to I hate, Middle Eastern people and I hate you refugees and you know what you're not even real these are all crisis actors this is all a joke and it's like son what are you doing they all get thrown off the train they get picked up by some international police where she, and so Crystal uh, so Gary the guy she was with like you know gets blown up he blows up what we come to realize later is one of the hunters who was the only non-white person in the group of hunters. He was portraying himself as like an Afghani refugee <clears throat> when he wasn't. Um, but the other people that were there really were refugees and they really are getting picked up and they really are being mistreated by these soldiers, these international soldiers. So we're making a lot of political comments. Um, you know, who's who, in, in real life, who's the hunted, who's, who's being hunted, you know? these poor people who are just trying to escape, you know, their countries and go to other countries. Um, but we're not really sure. This is kind of like where the head, where my head started turning. And I think this meant to, you're just like, okay, where are we exactly? Like, we know we're not in America, um, even though you kind of assume that you are at the beginning. So she meets up with another hunted person, another deplorable. They hightail it out of there when they think that, an American uh, embassy uh, lord or whatever comes, and this is Macon Blair. So I was really happy to see him, but I knew that he was evil right away because you know that, like, because the, the the one guy that she's with now, this like older milit ex military Southern fried, you know, semi gentleman, is like, we are so saved. We this America USA, we rock. We we got this guy from the embassy. He's here. And he was, and Megan Blair is promising them the moon. He's like, we're going to call the, the, the military. They're going to investigate. They're going to find out. But she's like, this is way, like, this is overkill. Like, it's exactly what Southern Fried Cooking in the back wants to hear. But it's not what, she knows that this is BS. So there, so she kicks him out of the car while he's driving it. The guy in the back's freaking out. She awesomely. <laughs> <laughs> kicks him out while they're driving, takes the wheel, hits reverse, and runs over this dude's head. Jeff, she runs over the head. <laughs> like that, honestly, honestly, that was probably one of the coolest moments of the movie, in my opinion, just because of the 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 fact that she was able to pick up on it right away, like her BS meter went off right away. But then the brutality of of that. I mean, she's like, oh, you know, I, I just got to make sure we get the job done with this. So, gotta see the jelly. You gotta yeah. see the jelly, or you gotta see the the decapitation. Um, so then she launches into the story that her mother told her about, you know, the rabbit and the hare, and it's your traditional tortoise and the hare story. Except at the end, she at her mother had added the twist that. The tortoise is at home celebrating his win with his two little turtle kids and his turtle wife. And the hare shows up at their house with a hammer 
and like, you know, bludgeons them all to death to pieces and then sits down and eats their supper. And he's like, so what are you talking about? Like, are we the hares? Are we the rat? Like, are we the turtles? Like, what, like, what do you mean? And I gotta be honest with you. I love that story. I, I was kind of like, I don't know what her point is, <laughs> but maybe that's because I'm stupid. I am a dumb mama sometimes. So I was just like, I'm enjoying this movie and I don't understand this story's significance. I'm just going to keep rolling. Let's just <laughs> next scene. So fast forward a lot and she and Crystal just she's, you know, obviously ex-military. No one has to tell you that because it's evidenced through her body movements. The action in the story is propelled forward by her taking action, her, you know, sizing up and down the scenes. She she ends up, I'm going to fast forward a lot because I really just want to get your take on these things and we can come back to them. But she ends up at the last remaining survivor of the hunters, the woman who, you know, started the whole thing, Hillary Swank. Um, we get a nice little flashback scene of Hillary Swank is the CEO of a company. She gets fired. She is really pissed. She's not someone to be messed with. And then fast forward, you know, um, you get to see the group that she has put together of people, of her friends and, you know, coworkers, et cetera, who set this whole hunt up and how they're choosing people. Um, just people on the internet, like people trolling and stuff, but they're looking at, at people who are specifically white, mostly Southern, but not necessarily, and all right wing people who have pictures with guns. Ike Barinholtz's character, you see he's from Staten Island, but he's like, you know, holding a gun. Another guy who, you know, you think is kind of a good guy at the beginning. He's helping that blonde girl out. Um, you see a picture of he's actually a big game hunter. So it's like all of these political like no-nos for people on the left that are very liberal. The, the worst, like the worst uh, they think you are then that's who gets like put into the 12, you know? So um, basically we get what I felt was like a little bit of a kill bill action of like these two women who are very skilled fighters fighting to the death. And that's the last act of the movie is Crystal and Hillary Swank's character. What's her name? Liberty. I forget her name. Um, what's that? Athena. Athena, Her, um, Crystal and Athena, just, you know, all out war between them. Who's going to, who's going to live? Who's going to die? I will get into my thoughts on how that, like, you know, on who does live and who does die, I think a little later, but, um, so they really like, you know, go to town on each other. I did get a little bit of a Kill Bill vibe, um, and I don't throw that out lightly. That's one of my most favorite movies. Um, and the action was great. I thought, I thought the choreography of the fight scene was fun. Um, I thought their pauses and the way they spoke to each other was also fun. Um, and, uh, Athena dies. Um, Crystal survives. She takes, she takes Athena's dog. She takes a dress super and the super expensive bottle of champagne hops on the private plane that's been waiting. Cause it turns out they're like, you know, they're in Bosnia or, or Poland or some, some they're somewhere, you know, um, in Eastern Europe. And she hops on the plane with a gun, tells the pilot, I killed your mistress, but I'm here and I want to go home. So if you got a problem with it, let me know now. And he just looks scared, poopless. And like, he's going to take a poop in his pants and says, of course, it's not going to be a problem. And she like basically puts her feet up and invites the uh, flight attendant who was being so mistreated by the elite liberals on their airplane ride to the hunt. She was just being talked down to and just treated miserably. Like she was just the help, you know? Yeah. Um, but not with Crystal. She invites her to sit down, take a load off, eat the caviar with her. She starts swigging the champagne from the bottle and just, that's a wrap. That's a wrap with the movie. So, Mr. Watson, if it would please the court, 
Actually, I think that's what you're supposed to say. But okay. Um, what were okay? What is it about this movie that attracts you to it? And also, how many times have you seen this movie? Okay, so obviously, for for people that listen to us, know I have an obsession with game themed movies. No. <laughs> and this one is no exception. But honestly, it looked like you know when I first when I first saw it. The reason why I was interested in it is because it looked like it was a new take on something that we've seen before. Like we've seen the people hunted before, but we've never seen those people armed in the beginning to be able to fight back. Um, you know, and I would point to hostile for that. Like, you know, you're just kind of left to your own devices. If you find something to defend yourself, great. But if not, you know, you're going to meet a grisly demise. And with this one, it kind of flips it on its head. And it's, you know, let's let's arm these people so they can fight back. But we're we have the upper hand because no one can get to where we are because we're covering them with fire. Uh, so that's what really, you know, first piqued my interest because I'm like, man, this, this looks pretty cool. But then looking at some of the cast and I was like, man, you know, th there are a lot of well-known people in here that I've seen in a lot of movies I enjoy. So if they're all in this movie together, I've, I've got to enjoy this one too. Right. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, that was really what, what interests me in it. And in terms of the question, how many times have I seen it? That is a great question. Um, I I don't really know. I know that it's probably somewhere around six or seven times. I think that's so. that's totally fair. I think yeah. that's a good. I think that's totally understandable. I'm about to. I mean, I told Lewis about it. My husband. Um, yeah that I was like, you need to watch this movie with me and I'll watch it again. Cause it's like one of those movies where once you've seen it, you know, what's coming. You can't, you know, it's not like the same thing as watching it for the first time, but it's so, I told him, I was like, it's so much fun. It's just a fun, like it's a fun, it's a scary premise mm -hmm. that turns into a whole lot of fun and a lot of action. And I love action movies. So. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the, the other great thing about this movie is that one, it doesn't take itself too seriously. Thank you, yes. It, which is really good. And, and the comedic stuff in the movie is so, like it's, it's so well thought out and the, and the you know, dialogue is so funny at times. I mean, some of the, the conversations, I mean, thinking back to the, uh, to the store, to the store scenes and, you know, and, you know, the guys talking about how, you know, and he probably says the N word on Twitter and, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, you know, you know, black people, you know, something about how, you know, how black people have been oppressed and that kind of thing. And she says, African-Americans. And he's like, <laughs> say black. And she's like, no, it's got, you got to say African-Americans. And it's just like, the whole he's like, he's like, you can say black now. They say it on NPR. <laughs> I love that. And then, she, and then she's like, and what, and, and how, like, what is NPR? Like who mostly makes up NPR? And he says, white people. Okay. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That is so true though. I never listened to NPR before my husband. <laughs> he, and he's white. <laughs> it's, it's like, it was one of those movies that was just, it was just fun, you know? There's fun, fun action, fun uh, dialogue, and just a just a neat twist on a premise. So so much fun. I, I definitely rate it really high on this on the fun factor. And I mean, there's there's other you know there's other movies with this premise that tap more into the fear, you know, of being hunted. You know, um, this one's like let's have a party. Let's give everybody exactly what they want. They want guns. They want to see heads blowing up. They want this girl to run over this guy, you know, with the with the old Mercedes Benz until his head squats and like, you know, we see jelly coming out. That's what they want, you know. Like, let's give it to them, you know. And I'm like, yeah, heck yeah. Actually, that was a, a really good movie to send us into quarantine with. I think. Yeah. Um, 
is it does make you feel kind of like, I don't want to go outside or I don't want to, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. It definitely immediately and not in a, and not in a critical way, definitely made me feel like, Oh my God, I need to get my act together and get in shape. Cause when they were running for that train, Jeff, I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like Gary barely kept up and he was like, you know, he was doing, he was looking all right. I was like, I would not have even tried. <laughs> I would have been like, no, bye. Like, yeah, and, I just, right onto yeah. and like, you saw that, like, you know, you see her, you crystal, you know, you see she's super fit and she was, she's ex-military. So that's, you know, a very specific set of skills right there. But I definitely felt like, wow, I need to get in shape because, my my little legs are not going to be catching up to anybody and I'm going to be the first man down. It's going to be lights out, <laughs> Jesse. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, though, about um, about the kills in the movie. And this is going to sound so awkward, but I'm just going to ask it because why not? Which one was your favorite? Like, which one? Oh, was like yeah, that's not awkward at all. I love that question. Are you getting? Uh, I don't get asked these questions that by anybody but you. You know, this is why you're my brother. You know, <laughs> like I'm so happy to be asked. I feel honored, honestly. <laughs> like, oh, cool. Like we're having a fun conversation. Um, my favorite kill, honestly, I think has to be Megan Blair, just with her running right over it, like just being like, it's not enough that I threw him out of the car and like kind of like maybe ran over him a little. I'm putting it in reverse and I'm gunning it. And the guy in the back's like, what are you doing? Oh my, what the freak? <laughs> she's yeah. like, she was not even batting it. She's like, don't worry about it. And then like gets out of the car and makes sure that he's decapitated. Yeah. I was like, see, that's how you do it. You know, it made me laugh and it made me laugh too. Cause I was just like, this is, this is funny. Like, you know, and I, I like, so again, just for the, you know, not to beat a dead horse, but like circling back to what you said, takes the fun factor right up that they don't treat it so seriously that they're just, they're like having fun with this movie. And there are like kind of some scary parts, you know, the scariest part to me actually was how the, uh, the refugees were being treated. And when you see that like refugee camp set up, like for all of those people, I was like, good gravy that's terrifying like i took one look at that and the reason it's so scary is because that's like that's for real like that's real that's real that's real existence for like thousands and hundreds of thousands of people all around the world these like tent communities with goodwill um organizations doling out what looks like mush remember when the southern fried guy military guy was like hey put another scoop of that in there and i was like do you really want another scoop of that and i'm obsessed with food but do you really want, do you really need another one of that Ugh. i was like I, i'll go on a diet if that's if yeah that's, this is yeah. when i lose the weight <laughs> so um i mean let me ask you who just out of the hunted who are you sorry to see go? And does that change with every viewing? Because you've seen it a bunch of times. Like, do you still kind of feel badly that one person gets killed? Or does that kind of switch around? Or do you still have one person that you're like, oh, nuts, why did they have to go? It, it kind of switches around for me. Um, I the, the guy that I really liked was the the guy that was, was helping Emma Roberts. Yeah. Uh, I really liked him from the beginning and just to kind of throw it in, that was my favorite kill of, of the movie. Oh, it, awesome. He steps on the landmine and the look on his face, he just looks up and he's like, Oh crap, I'm, I'm done for. Um, <laughs> I really liked him. Uh, I like the guy that ended up uh, getting shot up with the arrows too. Um, oh Yeah. He, you forget about him because it's so early on in the movie. Uh, but I, I forget, you know, you forget about him. But yeah, I really enjoyed him too because, you know, he was kind of the he was the brave one that opened up the box. And he opened the box, yeah. Everybody like goes off and runs and hides, and he, you know, he's there opening the box, and uh, he's the brave one in that moment. So, uh, but you know, 
obviously uh, Ike Barinholtz, his character. I wanted to see him. I wanted to see him go up against, you know, some of the other people just to see like what type of crazy dialogue he would have back and forth with them. I mean, it was it was fun in the store, but um, but yeah, I wanted to see a little bit more of him too. Completely, completely agree about Ike Barinholtz. I was I was bummed when he left because. I was looking forward to like more goofing and laughing with him. Yes. Yeah. It was, it, I hated it, but like every time I watch it, it's like, oh man, you know, I wish they would have been around a little bit longer. Uh, but, you know, each of, each of them, I feel like, was like well, well timed as like surprises also. Like you said, there is like a, a litany of, you know, um, good character actors in this movie. So, you don't expect that they're going to die. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't know what Amy Madigan's place was going to be in the movie going in, but, you know, I was like surprised that she died so early. I, I knew that they were going to bite it. You know what I mean? That the, that the couple had to bite it, but like, you know, with every person I was like, damn, like that's so early. Like yeah. they hardly got to be in the movie. Like how much did they get paid to, for like their 10 minutes, you know? Right. And then also, I just wanted to throw in there before I forget, this whole movie was shot in Louisiana. And mm -hmm. was it shot in New Orleans? I forget where it said, but in Louisiana, I thought it was, that's pretty awesome. Because they really, I mean, with the, with the, with the lenses, with the filters and with the, you know, like with the, uh, oh, where are my words? I, I, this happens to me every episode, guys. I'm so sorry whatever, with the atmosphere around them, you know, with the sky and everything that they chose, they, they very, very well done that they managed to make it look like this is America. Wait, is this America? No, right. this is somewhere else. Like they pulled that off. That's hard to pull off. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the touch of her, of Crystal finding like tearing off their Arkansas license plate and finding the European license plate on their, on the like jalopy car, was brilliant. I wasn't quite sure what that meant at first because I was still under the impression that they were where they said they were in Arkansas. Right. And then it didn't it didn't dawn on me that like well duh like they were just on an airplane, you know. They could be anywhere, you know. Mm -hmm. So oh the airplane kill that was pretty good. Yeah. Was it, was it a pen that he like shoved into that guy's carotid artery? Yes. It, yes. Yeah. He he was like, give me something. And like he just takes the pen and was like, Wah! like right into the guy's artery, and he's just spurting blood and still alive. I don't know how, but that was pretty I think it didn't spray blood like all over the side of the interior. <laughs> like, all over. And it like the funny thing about that is then as soon as the guy dies, he takes the pen and gives it right back to the <laughs> and it's like really you know. <laughs> She just looked at it like, <laughs> ew, <laughs> that's gross. Oh. Um, I'm going to bounce around a little bit and kind of fast forward. I wanted to talk about the end of the movie and we can, you know, bounce back to like the middle or whatever, but because I, I don't want to lose this and I know I'll forget. I just kind of felt like, okay, if like, let's kind of like, let's sit down with the movie for a second. It's making fun of the, it's pointing to, I should say, it's pointing to this huge divide that in reality really exists between, you know, the political parties in our country and the people who adhere to them, right? Right. So you have the left and you have the right. And I'm talking about American politics here, just in case we have anyone, you know, overseas that listens. Um, and the left you know, the stereotype is, you know, these elite liberals who think that everything they believe is is correct because they believe it's to be so. And, um, you know, they, <laughs> I'm speaking from personal experience, they um, sort of will say how the world needs to be more open-minded and so much more, you know, accepting, except that they can't accept or be open-minded to the people on the right who have radically different opinions, you know, which is something that I find hysterical. Um, 
And as I'm getting older, I find that my ultra left and liberal self is like just going, migrating slowly more towards just the middle, you know, because I'm like, if we can't listen to each other, like people, what, you know, how can you call yourself a liberal, open-minded person if you can't listen to people who have a totally different opinion than you and just listen and just call it a day, you're not going to change their minds. Right. You know, they're not going to change yours. Right. But it doesn't mean you can't be peace. Like you can't be like friends. You can't, you know, be good neighbors. Like, come on now. So like, that's the cliche about the people on the left liberal side. And then on the right side is that it's, you know, a bunch of like, you know, illiterate. Um, and I'm taking this from like jokes that they made in the movie. Um, you know, list like kind of like self-righteous, uh, Christian, um, hateful people who don't believe in climate change or, and, you know, they're, they're not reasonable. They, 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 they put, you know, God over science. They put, you know, country above everything. They're in the military. They love guns. They love hunting. They're cruel, you know, and they're, and they're just dumb. And most of them are Southern. You know, um, so there's really nasty stereotypes for both sides. And so, like, if we're going to sit down with this movie that wants to talk about this because they made a movie about it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, they could have just picked. It was just maybe like a woman who had a grudge against 12 people she grew up with throughout her life and she was going to get even with them. But no, they picked people. You know, this was a political thing. Mm -hmm. So why and I asked you this question, why did not both Crystal and Athena die at the end? If they're saying that, like, if they're calling both sides out, and the movie does lean more towards, like, um, sympathizing with the hunted mm -hmm. and sympathizing with their jokes about, you know, rich people and elitism and all this stuff. Why don't both of the women die since they both are representing the opposite sides? I mean, did have you did you ever give thought to that? Did you does that sound does that sound like a silly thing? I'm I, I, I that was my first my first thing was when Hillary Swank looked over at Crystal and they're both laying on the floor and she's like like they're they're asking each other questions and she's like, look, we're both gonna die. Like we're both dead because they both had like like really serious wounds. Um, so tell me, are you really the real Crystal or did I mess up and get somebody else? And then Crystal's like, I forget what she asked her, but she asked her something else. And they're like answering each other's questions. And I'm like, yeah, they should both die because it's kind of saying that like neither is right. And they're both wrong. Yeah. That was my opinion. But I want to ask you like if you thought of that, if – what you think of that? Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about it. Um, I think, like you said, the movie tends to, you know, kind of go the way of the hunted. And I think the reason behind that is because even when you have a side that feels like they're right, um, their intentions and the way that they go about trying to be right can be completely wrong. And, you know, so like all of these people that were involved in doing the hunting, you know, I mean, you, you get the points where one of them were, they were in Haiti, you know, do, doing some volunteer work and you're like, Oh, that's good. But at the same time, it's like, you're hunting people, which in, you know, in other movies that have similar premises, you don't have those redeeming qualities for the the people that are doing the hunting. Uh, so this one, it it's kind of like you have to you have to kind of be honest with yourself and say, even though these people are, you know, they believe in a lot of positive things, good things, and they want things to change for the better. And then you juxtapose that with some of the talking points of people, the people that were hunted, um, that, that were being hunted. 
And, you know, you go back to the point that you made about the, the comment about the refugees and these being crisis actors, which is something common that we hear from people on the right here in America all the time. Anytime, you know, any kind of tragedy happens, they always, you know, question it with their conspiracy theories. Um, I feel like the reason why Crystal survived was because one, the whole premise of her being hunted was wrong in the first place and she wasn't the right person. So what, you know, it wouldn't really be justified to kill her off being that they were after someone else anyway. Um, but the second part of that is, you know, with her, she was really fighting for the truth the entire time. And I think that's the reason why she survived is because we went on a journey with her after we figured out that that she was actually the main character. Our journey then shifted with with her and then it became about like you you can't you can't believe either side. And she she honestly represented neither side um, because, you know, you've got one person saying, well, you know, there, you know, these people hunt us and all this stuff. And then you've got them saying, well, all of these people have, you have trashed, you know, this movement or that movement. And then there she is kind of, I mean, almost an innocent bystander kind of in the middle. And she even said at one point, everyone's lying. Everyone is at fault. And she was just trying to survive. It wasn't a let me you know, side with one side, it was, I'm just trying to make it. And, you know, one of her comments was, I don't really care why you're trying to kill me. The fact that you're trying to kill me um, is enough for me. I don't need to know why. Um, so that that's why I think they, uh, they did that in the end. I think you're right. As usual. <laughs> I think that's no. a spot on analysis. Yes. Yes. I think that's a spot on analysis because like, as you're talking, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that. See, the thing is that I wasn't able to be certain that she was or wasn't the real Crystal at the end. I was like, why should I believe her? This whole movie is about, like, deception. But I guess the big, the big giveaway is the Animal Farm, how she starts talking about the book Animal Farm and how she's, I guess you're right. Like, you know, she's, I don't know. She hasn't really lied to anybody up until any point she just does she just kind of keeps quiet at times like southern fried guy asks her like he's spouting off about how when this is all over they'll be on hannity and they're gonna go on all this tour and everything and he's so excited and he said he even says to her like do you want to let me know what you're thinking like she's just totally silent she's like no not really you know and i was like good for her like she doesn't know anybody anything she's just trying to make it out alive and right. she's like, he's the one wearing like the military hat, but she's actually the one who's acting, you know, in accordance with her training and her skill set, because mm -hmm. you know, from the military. And, um, but I think you're right. I think you're right about all that. I think that makes total sense. I think, yeah, that would make sense then why she, she survived. Um, if she's, you know, not even the right person. I don't know how I, the thing is that I just like logistically, I was like, well, then how did they get her picture and find her if that's not really her? Like, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's just something you just kind of have to toss out the window. Um, but I mean, the ending, you know, the ending rocked, you know, and um, it's just about treating people like people, like another human being, you know, another survivor. Um, I, did have another question to ask you and of course it flew right away flew flew right out the window um that stinks oh yeah so going back to the tortoise and the hare do you think that that like what what was your thoughts on that did that have any bearing on anything was that just a cool story it seems like it was supposed to have meaning you know they they broke the movie like they they stopped the movie they like basically like they put the movie on pause all the action and everything just went on pause and then and she told the whole story out and then at the end when she gets up from the floor to like tend to her wounds and stuff there is a hair right there like a bunny hops right into the 
into where, you know, her and Athena were laying down dying. And she just was like, huh, go figure, you know? And I'm like, okay, again with the bunnies, like this was like on our us yeah. <laughs> episode where I was like, Jeff, I don't get the bunnies. <laughs> so like quick take on, on that story. Like, you know, was there a, like, is there, were the hunted and the hunters, like who was which, were they the bunny, the, the hares or the tortoises? Does that not, is that not even what she meant at all? I have no idea. I don't, I think she represented the tortoise uh, because if you, if you really think about it, she was very slow and deliberate the entire movie. Yeah. But, but when she acted, she acted. Um, and with the hunters, they were all flash and, you know, like we got all these cool weapons and, you know, we're doing this, we're doing that. We've got the private jet, that kind of thing. Um, but I think in the end, even if you look at the story that she told, no one really wins in the end. Um, the, uh, you know, like the, the fact that the tortoise gets his family destroyed it is it's horrible and it doesn't make the rabbit i mean the rabbit didn't win in that case he just got revenge right. and earlier the the tortoise looked like he was a big winner but when you fast forward to the end it's like well what did winning cost you yeah. so you know that that's kind of how i looked at that story I, I i think that's why she was like huh you know at the end when she saw the rabbit, it was like, okay, well, this time it's the tortoise coming in and destroying the home and destroying the rabbit. And the tortoise actually wins in this in this scenario. But did she really win? Because when she gets home. Yeah, the, what does she got? What does she have? You know, yeah. the, the veil is off, so. Yeah, the trauma's there, but yeah. no winnings. Like it's not like she won something. She didn't exactly. like, you know, she didn't like win the win Athena's house in Bosnia. You know what I mean? Like what? What did she win by surviving this hunt? I mean, she's got injuries. She's had to kill all of these people. Um, she's probably got added trauma mm -hmm. on. Her military experience, because she briefly talked about the fact that she was in Afghanistan, yeah. which, which automatically makes you think this is why she's so quiet. Oh, sure. Yeah. I totally agree. That's a good take. I like that take. Makes sense, too. Like her kind of looking at the hair like, huh, you're here. Well, I'm out of here anyway. So see ya. Yeah. Um, so I would like to encourage uh, all our listeners to go watch the hunt. When you look it up, you just look up the hunt 2020 so that it takes you right to the movie. It's the one produced by Blumhouse. Um, God bless Jason, Jason Blumhouse or whatever his name is. He's awesome. Jason Blum. Um, he's awesome. So yeah. many movies, so many, so many little prizes. This was a, this was a little treasure nugget. Thank you, Jefford for, uh, you know, suggesting it. it. It made me very happy to watch this movie. It was a lot of fun. Um, the pace was just wonderful. How many, and we're going to do this real quick because we got to wrap up. How many headstones, Jeff? I am going to give this four headstones. Nice. I thought it was, I thought it was strong. Um, and it, yeah, I just, I, I thought it was a great movie. And the only reason I'm not giving it more is because I didn't get enough of the characters that I wanted to survive. I mean, I, on it, like honestly, is probably more like a four and a half. But I'm I'm just being petty right now. So. <laughs> That's hysterical. And the next question that I know you're going to ask, I would definitely, definitely get a tattoo. Nice. I would definitely get one. Now, I don't know if I'd get the pig. Right. Um. You know, I, I don't know what I would get, but I would definitely get a get a tattoo. What about you? Uh, I'm gonna give it four and a half 
because I feel like we got a little bit more of Hillary Swank's character that I didn't really, honestly, I didn't really care about. She was like this evil, wicked, you know, the, the wicked witch character. And I didn't really need to have as much with her. I would have rather that time be allocated to Ike Barinholtz and yes. to, you know, some of the other um, character actors. Uh, like you said, I would have rather had more like, you know, goofiness and stuff. Just, I know they're not going to last forever, but you know, a little longer, a few more minutes, a minute, maybe even just a minute. <laughs> um, like the three of them in the, in the convenience store, the three of the hunted people in the convenience store, I would have liked, they, they made a funny trio. I could have, you know, I would have liked five more minutes with them before they got executed, you know, yeah. but, um, but I am going to say, yeah, four and a half. Action was fantastic. The goofiness was just enough, not too much, just enough. It was under the surface. And Betty Gilpin killed it. She smashed it. She broke it apart. Definitely um, awesome. So I would not get a tattoo of this movie. Um, yeah, not because I ate it. You know, I gave it a good rating, but no tattoos. No tattoos. So I would like to encourage everybody to see it. Like I said already before. So now I'm just repeating myself. And um, also we will be back next week. Should Can we say the movie that we're going to do, Jeff? Absolutely we can. We are uh, coming back next week with Surviving the Game. Starring Ice-T, Charles S. Dutton, um, Gary Busey. F. Murray Abraham. Oh my, so many heavy hitters. But really, but really Ice T <laughs> and yeah. his dread and his phony dreadlocks. My God. Um, anyway, we're coming back. That's sort of gonna carry us along this theme of, you know, human humans for human sport. So stick with us. We'll catch you next week. Hope you have a good one. Stay buried deep in the horror movies. And thank you for listening. Bye. So Game over.